Welcome to the Your Bold Life podcast. I'm Val Selby and I'm an empowerment coach to women over 40. I take a stand that it's time for you to take your turn. Make sure that you are subscribed here on the site to get noticed at the latest episodes. When you do so, you're going to get a copy of the IDGAF years, Happiness is a Choice. Or you can hit subscribe or follow or whatever the new term is for all of your favorite podcast platforms. Sue, if you follow some of my emails lately, there's been a lot of mindset going on and imposter syndrome has been coming up in the community for at least the last two months. So I'm really excited today to have Melissa Rusiano on, and that is one of her specialties, one of her areas of expertise. And I'm Thankful that you're here, Melissa, and to bring more information and tips and whatever this conversation needs to be. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here today. Awesome. Been looking forward to this conversation for a while. I know it's taken us a little bit, hasn't I know. it? <laughs> it has, but that's okay. That's okay. It's supposed to happen when it's supposed to happen. Exactly. <laughs> Thankfully, mm-hmm. you're in that same boat of, okay, well, It'll happen when it does, and that's right, the perfect right. moment, and we're mm-hmm. not going to stress over it. <laughs> right, exactly. So, Melissa, would you tell my listeners a little bit about you, please? Absolutely. Um, first of all, congratulations. My last name tends to get butchered. I'm so impressed. Um, <laughs> Melissa Ruciano, and uh, I am a licensed clinical social worker, and I am also a certified Daring Way facilitator based on the work of Dr. Brene Brown. Uh, so I'm currently in private practice. I live um, on the lake in Pennsylvania. So what I love to call blizzard country. Um, but today the sun is shining. So it's going to, um, you know, hopefully no more blizzards for another couple of months. But uh, I'm currently, like I said, in private practice. Um, I am licensed in multiple states. So my, my work is primarily virtual. Um, And I work with a lot of high achieving professionals, a lot of helping professionals, um, a lot of other clinicians as well that really struggle with the issue of imposter syndrome, shame, um, and just really trying to find that balance between wanting to give and do and really pour into the individuals they work with or their work in general but then have a hard time pulling back at the end of the night and saying, okay, what's left for me. Yeah. Um, And that internal struggle that goes along with that. And I feel this completely. I mean, (laughs) as a coach and, you know, empath, I, I absolutely know that this is a really hard one Mm -hmm. because you know what you're doing is helping people, but yet we're human and we still have issues that we're dealing with. Right. Absolutely. And that's like one of the mottos that, you know, some of my friends joke with me about because I will always say human first, professional second. And sometimes it's like professional first. And if we get to the humanity, then we get to the humanity. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's just not how we're wired. Mm -mm. Yeah. And the more that we try to do it that way, the more broke we're going to be and burnout. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Yes. I think broke and burnout is, I mean, that's a recipe to head there very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I know that's where I was at the end of last year. Cause I was trying to, I found myself in those old, in my old story of trying to be everything to everyone. 
Yes. Which yes. means, like you said, there was nothing left for me mm -hmm. at the end of right. the day. Right. So I was hiding. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then it just, it becomes this, this space of, you know, wanting to put on this image mm -hmm. and feeling like it, and I'll use the word perfect loosely because, you know, it's not always about wanting to have a perfect image, but it's wanting to have the correct image for whatever your uh, career is for whatever situation you're in. And it's not allowing people to see, okay, what is behind that smile? What's behind that image? And just the hustling, super hard to prove your worth mm -hmm. and to convince other people that you're more okay than maybe truly you are at that moment. Right. And that's when we stop connecting with people, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Because we're wired for human connection. And when we talk about shame and imposter syndrome and, and just that disconnect from who we are on the inside versus who we are on the outside, um, the more we try to hide, the more we isolate. The more we isolate, the more shame grows. The more shame grows, the more disconnected we end up feeling from individuals, which it typically ends up being like what our first, our first goal is. Like, I don't want to show people this piece of me because I will then feel disconnected from them. So let me hide this piece so that then they can see the perceived me. And it kind of works against us in that way. So it's almost like a very creative form of self-sabotage. Yeah. And I've lived in that world for quite a long time. So like, like I'm, I'm carrying new terms. I don't know. I've been doing this meditation <laughs> stuff. So, right. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so now I'm like, yeah. Hey, now I feel like I've got all these coachy terms, but there's so much truth to that. Um, because you know, the term imposter syndrome, as you know, I was, I was updating my website and I was doing all this website stuff. And my SEO people are like, you have to put imposter syndrome. And I was like, but it's trendy mm -hmm. and I don't like trendy. <laughs> and, you know, we kind of had this debate over it. And the reality is, is that people have been feeling symptoms of imposter syndrome for decades. We just now have a word for it yeah. um, and a label for it. And I think that is helping normalize it. Um, but it's also, I think, creating this space of, okay, well, what do you really mean by that? Because we all have our own unique experiences of what it is to feel like an imposter. Mm -hmm. I, I know that when I've talked to other women about imposter syndrome, because as I'm learning about it, you know, for myself mm -hmm. and, and sharing as I'm learning about it, you know, one of the things you're working with high level people, like you said, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I know that everybody thinks that everybody else that's up above and hit their big goals and mm. making all this money that they don't have that anymore. Right, right. Yeah, and that's so untrue. Um, almost to a point, um, and, and I'm not one who likes generalizing or stereotyping because I don't believe really anybody truly fits that whole piece. Um, but the more and more I work with 
you know, the more success an individual has, the more they've achieved, the more they've gained, sometimes the more insecurity that comes with it, because then it's, okay, I don't want to do this anymore, but this is the image I've created. Mm -hmm. And so let me continue to maintain that identity and image, even though it's not really who I am anymore. And so really, truly, I'm not happy. Sometimes I'm super miserable, but I've worked so hard to prove my worth that people can't see anything besides my achievements. Right. Right. Which I know was was very eye opening for me, because as I looked as I back when I was able to go to live stuff and have conversations, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, I know these I've watched these women build their business, you know, Mm -hmm, and they're mm -hmm. in seven figures. Right. Yearly. Mm -hmm. They, you know, Mm -hmm. they are on top of it. They did it. They Mm -hmm. built it. And then you sit down and you're having a conversation and you're having a glass of wine. And guess Mm -hmm. what? they're going through that same shit in their head that you are. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's just, there's more numbers, Yeah, you know, in their bank account. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean the emotions are any different. And I know that was really eye opening for me because then I could take a look at where I'm at and, you know, like mm-hmm. you said, the, the shame, because I've been at this a long time. So mm-hmm. why am I not where, mm-hmm. I feel like I should be in and realizing look, if they feel that way and they've hit their goals then why am I beating myself up? Why are we all beating ourselves up? Right. Right. To continue this, this cycle, mm-hmm. which is not productive. It's not going to help us get to what we want. Oh my gosh. No, not at all. Absolutely <laughs> or, not at all. Or, or figure out what we want even at that point. Right. Right. <laughs> the permission right. to change. That just because yes. that's what you've been, you don't have Correct. to stick with that. You do not have to stay in that, you know, and it's this, you know, the and, and I used a Brene, um, part of a Brene quote a little bit earlier, but it's about, you know, owning your own story. And if you can't own your story of who you are at the core, full of worth and value, love and belonging, all you end up doing is hustling to prove your worth and that growth and achievement and success and bigger and better and more recognition. All of that is, is hustling to prove your worthiness. Yeah. Yeah. And that is, okay. Like I said, I, (laughs) I started meditating. So weird stuff's going on in my brain. (laughs) (laughs) But the imposter syndrome came up on day one of it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it popped through my head immediately in exactly what you were just talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, imposter mm-hmm. syndrome can only truly exist if we aren't living as our true self. Exactly. Exactly. And that's where, you know, the other um, becoming more trendy term that I use all the time. Um, and my brother, who is a marketer, um, I had it on my webpage and he was like, what exactly does that mean? Break it down. And that's the word authenticity. Uh-huh. And he knew cognitively what it meant, but his point was, 
you know, that means something different for every single person who uses it. But, you know, basically at the core, if you're authentic to who you are, you are walking and living and embracing your truth, your reality, your story. And I think as women, especially men too, but especially women, we tend to want to tuck our story um, in the background, uh, because, well, gosh, if they really knew that, would they really want to hang out with me? Or that wasn't really my my proudest moment. So let's just not go there and yeah. let's let's gloss over it and let's just give the highlight reel instead of like really leaning into some of those big pain points in my life that have made me who I am today, but were truly pain points in my life. Mm-hmm which is one of the main reasons why I have loved doing the podcast mm-hmm. is, I mean, how many generations of women have been out there not sharing mm-hmm. it. So we feel Absolutely. like we're just going through the same, we're going through mm-hmm. it. We feel it's brand new. Nobody else in ever in history has gone through it, but us never. Absolutely. Because yes. nobody was sharing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And sharing's one of my dammits. We'll get to that, but sharing's one of my <laughs> dammits. I have to talk things out mm-hmm. and it, and it's scary, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's just Absolutely. part of that thing that makes me, mm-hmm. me, like, like you said, mm-hmm. I, when I try to hide it and become something that is what I envision others expect, mm-hmm. that I'm just friggin' miserable. Right. Right. Because then you're performing And we all perform to a certain degree every single day, but there's performing because that's what the rules and the norms of our culture, you know, request or create. Um, But then there's performing because we feel that we're going to let somebody down, disappoint somebody um, or not live up to their expectations if we don't play a specific role. And that's where the danger kicks in because then it it's just living life for somebody else, not for yourself. And and not even for somebody else that we know that's what they're looking for. Right. Because we're not asking usually, right? Right. Absolutely. We're assuming <laughs> and we're telling ourselves a story that 95% of the times is inaccurate. And I know from experience, the more I've shared, the more women have come up and told me, thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank Mm -hmm. you for, you know, saying that. Thank you for being real. Thank you for all of this. I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. thank you for the feedback because it was really hard. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And it's kind of like one of those things is you put it out there and then you're like, okay, I'm going to hide from all forms of social media, all forms of technology. (laughs) I'm just not going to show my face for like, you know, for the next month until people move on because I don't want the feedback. And, And most of the times, and yes, there's there's always going to be haters out there and trolls and people who are just, you know, they live to want to pick at other people, but the people who really need to hear what you're saying, you know, really appreciate people who can be honest and vulnerable mm-hmm. and, and take that risk to dare greatly to step in the arena and say, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with whatever you think about me. Yes. And that's so hard because, mm-hmm. I mean, we, we give that some lip service 
mm-hmm. we try and, and reach out and say, okay, I am going to live that way, but it still hurts because I right. we're, we're yeah. still human. Absolutely. <laughs> so what would be like a, a first, just a beginning starter tip for mm-hmm. realizing that you've got the imposter syndrome syndrome mm-hmm. going on and, and mm-hmm. just turning it a little bit? Uh, I think first and foremost is is really digging deep and figuring out who am I? Um, And uh, I had this conversation with my grad students last night and they took it as a, who am I from my culture, my racial background, my ethnicity? And those are all great questions to ask, but it's more, who am I at the core? What are my core values? What do I truly stand for? What do I really believe in? And to be able to really understand this is what makes me tick. Mm -hmm. And I like that about me. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when we, when we leave it, lean in and dive in, sometimes we find some things that we don't like. Okay. Yeah. We all have things we don't like about ourselves um, and legit, not being critical, just being honest with ourselves. Then it's up to you to say, okay, what do I want to do about it? Mm-hmm. Do I want to change it or do I want to accept it? Yeah. And depending on what the issue is, you know, sometimes you're like, okay, I don't like that about myself, but I'm also not going to force myself to change something that truly is just a part of who I am. We all have good, bad, and ugly in us. Hmm. It's just learning to understand how they all work together and taking the toxic and unhealthy pieces and being able to work through them and find some healing. So the first step with imposter syndrome, first and foremost, is to acknowledge that you are living a facade and that facade is exhausting. Yes. It's exhausting. Like, and every day it's like you're getting up and all you're doing is what you do. And by the end of the day, you feel like you've run a triathlon because you're just so exhausted. You're on all day. All day long. You can't slip up because then somebody's going to see behind the mask. Yeah. Agreed. And and you, you hit it because you said that like, like about yourself, that's, that's my thing is with when we figure out our damn it's, it's that thing that, mm-hmm. that makes you, you and damn it. I like mm-hmm. this about myself. Right. Right. And yes. like you said, one of the great things about finally embracing my personality, you know, that I'm loud, that I am mm-hmm. a sharer, that kind of stuff was the fact that I found out that I was not a great listener. Mm-hmm. And that was a little bit hard at first because I always Mm -hmm. thought I was a great listener, Right. Mm -hmm. but I realized that I wasn't and I was able to Mm -hmm. work on it Mm -hmm. and, and, and make that old story. You know, it's like, okay, I wasn't at that time, but now, but now I am. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. And I think there's this adage out there that as you age, you become more comfortable in your own skin. You become more comfortable with who you are. Um, You're able to accept that there's parts of your personality that may not be ideal. 
Um, but I guess my challenge to that would be, why does it have to come with age? Yes. Why can't we raise up young women, empower, mentor women in their 20s, starting their careers to not accept the adage that you've got to have it all, be superwoman, be super mom, and put a smile on your face and let out all the, the negative stuff. Yeah. to those people around you. And yes, with age, I think we, the fatigue kind of sets in and it's like, yeah, I don't have the energy to do that anymore. Mm -hmm. But I wish I would have known that in my twenties and could have slowly started adopting some of the principles of just living who I am at the core not that I think I did anything massively different than who I am, but, you know, just to prevent burnout, to prevent decisions that maybe weren't stellar um, and to not wait until um, I'm at my sage years of wisdom to really be able to embrace and say, yeah, it's okay if you don't like me. Yeah. It's okay oh, if I'm not your cup of tea. Like I'm okay with that because I'm okay with me. Yeah. That's so funny. Cause that brings to mind a moment. Uh, Cause I've been, my daughter's, our daughter's 25. And so I've been leaning into that. Okay. Well, what was looking at her? Cause she's mm -hmm, so much like mm -hmm. me looking at her and going, when did I lose that? And how can I get it back? Right. Mm -hmm. And I was wonderfully blessed to be able to take my mom and, and her on a vacation to California. And we spent four days down there and we were in this thrift shop and I was looking through the fur jackets. Right? They're just mm -hmm. gorgeous, you know, mm -hmm. antique thrift, you know, fur jackets. And I was just laughing and I told my daughter, I'm like, so do I have permission to, cause this is my dream when I'm old and I've got the purple hat and I'm definitely going to have <laughs> one of these full length, full length coats. And the most matter of fact statement came out of her mouth and she just looked at me. She's like, why are you waiting? Wow. And I went, holy crap, you're 21 years old. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, I got nothing. Because <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. One of those speechless mama moments, like, right. uh, yeah, okay, yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> yeah, and one of those proud moments too, because like mm -hmm. you would say, I did it. Right. I raised her to hopefully not go through some of this bullshit. Right. That we've exactly. been going through and passing on. As mm -hmm. I was like, wow. So yeah, I'll be on the hunt for that fur coat. <laughs> <laughs> it's out there somewhere. It's out there waiting for you. It has your name on it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm probably going to still be in my jammies wearing it to the grocery hey. store, but. <laughs> oh, come on. You've earned it. Talk about class. I would. Yes, that would be a picture that I would hope you would email me. I know. New logo, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Profile exactly. picture. <laughs> so I would love to find out if there mm -hmm. was a, any major change in your 40s or did mm -hmm. it happen at a different time? Um, that's it, It's a very interesting question and one that I've been pondering knowing that we are speaking today and you know, I was kind of going back through my 40s going, okay, what were the major changes? And to be honest, all my major changes 
happened in my thirties. Mm -hmm. I ended up getting divorced and becoming a single mom. Um, I ended up with a knee replacement. Um, and that was the best thing that could have ever happened though. Um, that was just wonderful. I ended up launching a private practice. Um, I ended up teaching, um, on a collegiate level, which was always one of my dreams. And in my thirties, I hit all of these milestones. Nice. I think I went skydiving. Yeah. I was in my thirties when I went skydiving. So I'm like checking things off my bucket list and things that I've always wanted to accomplish. But I think in my thirties, it was more about doing and accomplishing and raising my daughter as a single mom. And I think in my forties, is and everybody looks at these decade turns as okay this is going to be my decade for i don't know fill in the blank mm -hmm. and um given that i am going to be entering a new decade this year <laughs> um i'm trying really hard not to do that because i think my 40s where i thought they were going to be sunshine and roses and just kind of um just riding through all of those accomplishments that I did in my thirties, it's actually become more of an internal growth oh, yeah. of now that I have all this external stuff that I've achieved and now I'm sitting back. And, and obviously my personality isn't one to say, okay, I've achieved my goals. I'm just going to hang out till retirement. Like I'm always growing and building and dreaming and, and wanting to morph my career. But my forties were truly all about figuring out exactly who I am. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't something that I anticipated because no. I figured, okay, my twenties, they were what they were my thirties. Okay. I think I figured out who I am and <laughs> my career and I've got all this stuff. Okay. I'm just going to skate in my forties and my forties really have turned out to be just more of this internal focus. Um, and sometimes that's not so fun no. to be like, okay, like, let me let me challenge everything that I thought I believed about me. Yeah. Let me challenge everything that I thought I believed my life was going to be. Um, and then let me start putting into perspective what I am going to hold on for dear life to, because that is what I'm not willing to ever let go of again. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think, you know, this whole experience has been so enlightening, so insightful, um, so rewarding and painful all at the same time. Um, but it, it was all the internal stuff. And I think when people think of what do you accomplish in like this season of your life, I think we automatically go to the external. Um, and great, that would be great. And my thirties were great for that, but I really think as I'm leaving my forties in a few months, um, I think I'm leaving them knowing who my fire friends are, yeah. knowing who I am and am not, um, but also knowing really who and what I want in my life moving forward. And to me, I would take that over any career growth. Yeah. I could be given.
And that is so interesting because I haven't talked to quite as few as many women that have had the big changes in their thirties. Mm-hmm. Um, at first I was a little jealous because <laughs> I was like, <laughs> ah, you got it together before, but it, it didn't matter because we still mm-hmm. all seem to hit our forties and go through this mm-hmm. internal yes. self growth. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> right. And it's not a, like a, oh my gosh, I'm getting so old. Let me evaluate my life no. as much as it is. I'm finally at a place that I can be honest with myself mm-hmm. and I'm not scrambling to have outside achievements that now I really have the time and the desire and the awareness mm-hmm. to say, okay, wow, you, you've got some catching up to do from an internal perspective. And it's scary to dig into that internal stuff. Oh my gosh. Yes. I mean, that's, I know that's one of the reasons why, you know, I had coaches and friends and everybody's Mm -hmm. like, do the meditation. And I know that's why I was resistant to it Mm -hmm. because if I quieted my mind, I had to deal with shit. Correct. And I did. And it was hard. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I I contacted Mm -hmm. them. I'm like, I'm like, uh, I am feeling this statement right now, but I hurt to my soul right now. I'm like, I have tears all day running down my face. I'm Mm -hmm. like, I don't like this. This Mm -hmm. is why I didn't want to meditate. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that's where that concept of busyness comes from. Oh, for sure. Is that the, the busier we are, whether it's work, whether it's being the best soccer mom that you can be um, involved in all these committees, what, whatever that is, is if we stay busy, 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 and we can say, oh, I don't have time for self-care, I don't have time for me, really, truly what I hear in those statements, and I've said them many of times myself, Mm -hmm. is I don't want to be quiet because I'm not quite sure I'm going to like what I hear. No, yeah. Then that was exactly as soon as that happened. And for anybody listening, the amazing thing was the next day was a one of those. Oh God, it's so freaking coachy. One of those like renewal <laughs> day of renewal. Yes, yes, it was yes. done and it was over. Mm-hmm. It happened. I felt mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. It sucked and was horrible. I, I was carrying mm-hmm. a little bit lift with me, but mm-hmm. I felt amazing for having realized it. Absolutely. It's a release because you're letting go of whatever this piece is that truly has been dragging you down Mm -hmm. for however long you chose to carry it with you. Mm -hmm. Decades, I'm sure. Right. Decades. We're all Absolutely. carrying this crap for decades. That's why in our forties, I think we start feeling it. We're like, know, exactly. it's too freaking heavy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm tired. I don't want to be carrying it anymore. <laughs> I don't have enough backpacks, boxes, none of it. The storage yes. is full. <laughs> totally. Yes. It's time to downsize. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. And <laughs> it's easy to, I shouldn't say it's easy because I've just kind of gone through that in my home you know, like downsizing is emotional and downsizing is exhausting because you're using your muscles and you're moving things and you get overwhelmed because you don't know what to do with all this stuff. And, but that was great grandma's and I can't pitch it, but I'm never going to use it and, and going through all of that. But when you put it in the emotional realm, it's just as exhausting. You're just using different muscles. Yes. And I am very thankful that I had a safe space 
exactly. with women who, I mean, I was just doing journal and I've just been doing journal entries and sometimes mm-hmm. they're on there and they're, you know, encouraging and yeah, good mm-hmm. job, you know, but other mm-hmm. times it's just, they're just clicking the heart button on my post, acknowledging that it happened. Right. And I mm-hmm. legitimately know that they're not sitting back there going, well, wow, good, good, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> that safe exactly. space is so mm-hmm. much mm-hmm. needed, um, which is where you come in. Yeah. Right. And, and I'd like to be that safe space and that holding space, um, in my profession. Um, but I also think as women, and I don't want to discount that because I think there is such a role for therapy and coaching to have that outside objective person hold that stuff for you and help you make sense of it. Um, but I think as women, we need to hold that space for each other as well because normalizing life experiences um, is something we don't tend to do a lot of um, unless there's a lot of wine involved, which is not healthy. Um, But it's because we're all, it's this common humanity. We're all struggling with this, but as a clinician, yes, it's, you know, I feel like it's an honor sometimes as, as corny as that sounds that people trust me with holding space for them in some very dis- difficult things that they have held onto themselves for decades. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're finally releasing it. And you understand that this is a big moment. I mean, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they've been holding on to it. Oh, Right. Wonderful. So I always have to ask all of my guests. We talked about mm-hmm. the Dammit a little bit before, mm-hmm. but for any of any of you that are new listeners, Dammits are those things about you that make you, you. So if you're trying to change them, like when I've tried to be quiet, when I've stopped sharing, <laughs> all of that stuff, I mean, it's borderline probably clinical depressed by the time I'm done because I'm, they're just the core part of me. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm loud and damn it. I like this about myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. do you have something that you know is your damn it? Um, you know, part of my, I would say, first of all, is I'm, I'm blunt, um, mm-hmm. which typically doesn't come from a therapist, but you know, it's just, it's I'm going to own it. It's my damn it. It's, oh. um, I'm, I'm not a flowery kind of person. I'm very compassionate. I'm very empowering. I'm very encouraging. Um, but I, I really believe in calling a spade a spade. Um, and, but also I'm very driven and, and that's, that's something I would always like to change. But if I do, then I get super bored and feel unproductive, kind of, you know, a similar impact that you were saying if you were trying to be quiet and small and reserved. Mm-hmm. So I would say those are my two big dammits is, is, being, is being blunt, even though it's a healthy way, um, and just being really driven um, and, and driven, I think, coming from just a passion of wanting, especially women to realize there's another way to live. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I, I, I knew the blunt. That was actually the first one that came into my head. <laughs> <laughs> I typically bring in blunt women. <laughs> I attract blunt women. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> I that would be me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you picked the driven and how you are embracing it as a positive now. Yeah. It is a part of you. And yeah. 
I know when I've gone through, oh gosh, it was a, a list. I should probably, I'll attach it in the show notes. There's a list of um, personality traits and mm -hmm. whoever created the list, it was some school, they broke them down into positive and like, you know, medium, whatever, for lack and of a not different so word, positive. not so positive, <laughs> you know, they're wishy-washy, whatever, and then mm -hmm. negatives. And I'm looking through the negatives going, yeah, I've been called a lot of these. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and the more I was looking at the negatives, I'm like, it's not a negative to be mm -hmm. blunt because people do right. not want you to sugarcoat everything mm -hmm. and tell them mm -hmm. that life is okay when deep down they know it's not. Right, right. And so they know it, you're and lying to them. It, exactly. And to me, that's lying. Yeah. You know, that's just, that's lying. And I know a lot of people um, like to surround themselves with, with individuals that will just confirm support promote whatever they want to feel. And for me, I like to surround myself with people who are going to tell me what I need to hear, yeah. even if I don't want to hear that. And so in my clinical work, obviously, like I said, with a lot more compassion than I would with some of my close friends, you know, sometimes you just, you need to hear something that you know is true, but you don't necessarily want to hear it. And that's where real change comes from. I love that. And I know when we look at celebrities, that's one of the things that you can take a look at and see it in action. I Absolutely. mean, we can look at, you know, like, like Prince and mm -hmm. um, uh, Anna Nicole Smith. Those come to mind to me immediately. Anna Nicole Smith has always bothered me because she was surrounded by people that told her what, that told her what she thought she wanted to hear and she ended up dying because of it. Right. And, exactly. and it's, it's like, mm -hmm. it, it I don't want to be those people. Right. Right. That, that all of a sudden at the end of the day, you're like, Oh my gosh, I did not help this person because I told them what they wanted to hear. Correct. You know, Correct. and that's a grandiose idea. I don't expect people around me to be suicidal, please. I hope not. Let's do a disclaimer right now. If you're yes. feeling that way, please, I will put it in there who you can call immediately <laughs> for help. Um, but, but it is, it's, it's that, that surrounding yourself with people that are going to tell you what you think mm -hmm. you want mm -hmm. to hear so that you don't have to break out of your comfort zone. Exactly. And deal exactly. with Exactly. Because none of us want to deal with it when, when it's first happening. No, <laughs> no because it, it's like, who wants to walk into like a field of muck yeah. when there's like daisies and flowers and beautiful, you know, off to our left. But, you know, all that does is avoid the muck and it doesn't go anywhere. It just gets pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. And then eventually it's going to come up. And in my experience, it comes up when you least want it to, mm -hmm. um, when it's just inconvenient. Um, whereas if you know the muck is there, if you can proactively take a look at it and work with somebody, either a professional or is somebody you trust explicitly who has earned that trust in your life, you can proactively start working through that muck so that it's not going to surprise you when you really don't want it to surprise you. Because yeah. it doesn't disappear like we all think. I'll just forget about it. It'll go away. Unfortunately, we don't work that way. No. And what you said is so what I've experienced personally, what I've experienced with clients, it's we get to that point and then all of a sudden there is 
four major things that all happen at once and we have zero choice. We have got to deal with it all right now. Mm -hmm. And that's when these huge life changes are going on. Absolutely. And yeah, and why wait? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Ladies, don't wait. (laughs) Don't wait for it to get ugly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Let's turn the muck into the flowers. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Once we deal with it, then it becomes more flowery, right? Right. <laughs> right. And then bit. you get to you get to live life. You get to thrive. You know, and there's living and there's thriving. And we all go through life one of two ways. Um, and once you're able to really identify who you are at the core know what you need and want, have you surrounded with people who are willing to hold you accountable and, you know, carry you through those times where you need that extra support. That's when life becomes this adventure in thriving um, because you don't have all of that stuff holding you down and holding you back. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Oh my gosh. We I could definitely keep talking with you forever, (laughs) but we'll wrap this up. Is there any last thoughts that you would love to leave the listeners today? I think my last thought would be take a risk. Ooh, It's scary. It's unknown, um, but take a risk and really invest in you. You are worth it figure out who you are, figure out what you want, whether you're 20, 30, 40, 50, 70, it doesn't matter at what age you are. Take that risk to understand you. Because uh, on the other side, there's just an amazing way of living, not perfect, because life will never be perfect. Um, but it, you'll be able to authentically live as you. So take a risk. Awesome. Oh, I love it. Take a risk. Thank you so much, Melissa, for being on here. Everyone, I'm going to have all of her information on the show notes so that you can go find out more information about her. And especially, I know that right now, some of you might need might need some assistance. And if you've connected with her, then I want to make sure that you can connect with her. <laughs> so thank you for being here, <laughs> Melissa. Thank you for having me. It was my pleasure. So thank you for joining us today. I look forward to continuing to guide you into creating your bold life because you deserve to live as your best self.